Hey listeners, you're tuning in to a podcast about kids in the hall that easily veers off into mature subject matter and includes a whole heck of a lot of swearing. Enjoy the show, eh? Hello and welcome to Kith and Tell, a podcast about... Describing your friendship in public sphere because you want people to know that you actually have friends. <laughs> this is our rap party for season four. All right. Please give me a round of applause for doing absolutely nothing at all. As always, we are going to get weirdly drunk midday because of alcoholism, plus time zones, plus a commitment to theme, which is as always going to be girl drink drunk. Sure is. Let's talk Woo. about what you sipping, kids. What you got, Kalina? Oh, well, I've got something uh, called a storm chaser. I've had Ooh. I've had spiced rum sitting in the back of my cupboard for I think three and a half years now. Um, and I found I found a lovely recipe. It is it has got uh, some ginger ale, some lime, some orange bitters, uh-huh. uh, some of that spiced rum, some ginger syrup. Ooh. And, oh, yeah. uh, and and shaken over with some ice, and of course a lovely little uh, one of my 150 umbrellas that will never be used. <laughs> For the last wrap party, Kalina ordered herself too many. Well, you're using one now. Yeah. We just have to do 148 <laughs> more wrap parties. She just look. She recognized that Girl Drink Drunk was a cautionary tale, and she didn't want to find herself crawling on the floor looking for a dirty umbrella. So she invested <laughs> ahead of time, like a smart girl. Kalina doesn't want to spend too much time in the in the in the uh, stationary closet. Looking for paper clips. <laughs> I got him. I yeah. got him. Uh, Hansi boy, your voice is piercing. What are you drinking right now? <laughs> As ever, uh, I got a pina colada. Ooh. A pina colada made with Malibu rum and cream of coconut and pineapple juice. Um, it is extremely sweet and uh, tastes like coconut and pineapple. That's really all there is to it. Beautiful. And it's also thick. It's so <laughs> thick. It's, uh, oh, did you use the? I've uh, been drinking it now. Use the coconut cream. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I've been I've been sipping on this one for the last maybe half an hour, and I'm only halfway through it uh, because it's like a milkshake. Wait, but did you say yeah. you shook it or did you blend it? I did shake oh, it. Oh, that's what we call at home a pro tip, you guys. <laughs> yeah, shaken over ice, strained. As always, joining me in Vancouver, Canada is Trevor Record, affectionately known as Treasure. Treasure, what you drinking? I got what I imagine a chocolate choo-choo to be. Um, I didn't know people were just drinking whatever they want. I thought we had to do something from the sketch. So a chocolate choo-choo in my interpretation, Kahlua... Cocoa powder, milk, vodka, over rocks. Hell yeah! It's almost like a modified white Russian. Kinda, yeah. Mm. I, I feel like it could use a sprig of mint. Now that I'm drinking it, it's good, but Ooh. it could use some mint. Yeah, become an after Fancy eight. Boy. Yeah, That's there's clever. a reason you wear that cravat, Trevor. He is the best word pig in the world. <laughs> we have determined this. That's like your your little sprig of personal fashion mint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the cravat is I, Trevor's. I, I have been wearing the cravat yes. less often recently, but I wore it because I know you you're both taken with it. And you like making fun of me for it, so of course oh, I oh, couldn't yeah. show up. With... It's not, yeah. it's not cravat Lean season into that. right now. Winter's winter is not a cravat. I'm season. I'm going to interpret the cravat as a bib for your bourbon bug's blood. <laughs> Will the sir be sense. requiring a fresh bib? Well, Stu, what are you drinking? Yeah, Stu, how how did you obtain your drink? Do tell. All right, so I've been working at a restaurant recently, and I made friends with a extremely talented bartender there who has very kindly offered to come and bartend for me personally while I am hosting this episode because I am the world's worst little princeling. Um, So (laughs) I have sent him the skit. He had watched it several times to come up with ideas to craft this. He has just brought me a bourbon bug's blood, which I immediately destroyed because, yeah, it's afternoon, Mm. so I should definitely have about four ounces of liquor in me. Uh-huh. Sure, sure. Um, What's in a bourbon's bug, bug, bug blood? So, okay, so the drink first. I believe, because we said bourbon bug's blood, and I know I have bourbon in the house, I'm pretty sure it is bourbon, blue curacao, lemon, maybe a little bitters? Oh, no, and some uh, passion fruit syrup, the Fasanova. Um, uh, right, right, right. And it's it's real good, which is why it's already gone. Uh, um, let me just open the door and see if we can, we can get him to, to say hi real quick. Hey, Keeks. Yeah, to get your personal bartender. Whereas you know, the rest of us thing. are just shaking our own cocktails like peasants. Yes, all of you are yeah. peasants, and I am a wonderful princeling. Hey guys. 
Oh, there's a Keegan. So, Hello, so Keegan. How much, is, how much is uh, Stuart paying everybody today? Because he's paying me quite a bit. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. I, I want to point out, Keegan, we've actually had celebrity guests on this show, and none of them got personal bartenders. So really, Stu's, Stu's gone above and beyond this time for himself, only for himself. <laughs> I, I understand that you, you tried to interpret like a bunch of the different drinks from this segment, too. Like, uh, Let's hear what you got for, for the girl drinks from Girl yeah. Drink Dog. Well, so uh, what, is it uh, the, the squashed alley cat? Is that the first one that he says? No, the bourbon's That's bug's blood. Bur- no, no, the Bourbon Bugs Blood is not the first one, but it the Squash Alley Cat is the I first mean, one. I, I, I just I just rewatched it last that's night. That's at the end when he's in the office. He he said in the sketch he said he says start with twelve yeah. large strawberries. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. That's yeah. a that's a big drink. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, well, you know, it's, uh, it, the, the, a lot of the terms that they use in there are kind of um, outdated. Uh, I'm not necessarily outdated. I would say they're uh, they're kind of like. Um, social myths i don't know how you say that uh but like the, the things that people think about bartending that aren't actually bartending uh, right? they're, maybe they're from the mm. tga fridays era of I think, yeah exactly that kind of that kind of vein um so uh trying to interpret those drinks i thought instead why don't we just put a bunch of sugar and booze together and that usually tastes pretty good yes and, uh, yeah. in, in this case it's it's all right yeah. i was hoping it'd be red yeah. like bug's blood but uh every bug that i've squished has been this color that's true. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The bugs have weird bugs have yeah. weird blood. Haven't we've all seen Starship yeah, Troopers? That's a f- so. fantastic film. Can we also exactly. ask you what is your history with Kids in the Hall? How much do you have you known about so it? So I I saw Kids in the Hall in high school. Uh, uh, around the same time, I was introduced to uh, Python uh, and uh, basically nice. sketch comedy okay. in general. Um, if I'm being totally honest, at the time uh, I was a, I was just a young stupid kid, and I, it, it didn't resonate with me as much as it should have. Uh, because uh, I was a young, stupid kid. Uh, but uh, holy crap, if that show's not amazing, uh, coming back to it as an adult and watching it again, seeing how just edgy and, and uh, punk rock and kind of pushing the button they always were, it, it was really, really impressive. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Kids, Kids in the Hall is just such, a, such an amazing uh, piece of Canadiana history, you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody's, you, well, I'm assuming you're all huge fans of, of, of Dave Foley as well. And uh, I, 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 news radio was just such a huge, huge influence for me when I was younger and seeing so many people from that show go on to be fantastic weirdos in the world is a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Joe Rogan has become uh, what he is. <laughs> <laughs> he's a person. <laughs> Dick's still hanging in there pretty hard. I think. Yeah, I, I believe he's sober now, which is nice. I I feel like they've all had arcs where they became kind of like unbearable. But Andy Dick has gone past yeah. that oh, yeah. point, and he's yeah. lovable. And I mean, again. The, it's like we the like Hartman. Oh, we like Hartman. Hartman. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, left us left us mm. too soon. Yeah. And then there was also the guy, uh, the, the Weasley boss guy, who's had he's had quite the career. And then the woman who didn't she end up on like Grey's Anatomy or something? Or like another show, uh, maybe. Oh, you know, ER. She was on ER for a while. I think I saw her on she? The Office as well. Either way, she had a she had a good go. So that that cast was like fifty fifty for turning out like awesome people and assholes. And and Dave wrote that oh, line yeah. perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> as both awesome person and asshole. So Keegan, I do hope. Are you are you gonna be are you drinking the cocktails alongside making them for Steve? I, I got a bug's blood right now. Yeah. Nice. Well, what's what's next on the roster for? Oh, we're, we're definitely gonna try to make it a squash alley cat. But, tw- tw- you know, 12 oh, strawberries, it's, 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 a, it's a lot of strawberries. So we'll, we'll see what Stu has in his fridge and go from there. <laughs> I'm very excited to see what it you get. It should be good. <laughs> and if not, it's Stuart's fault for tasting it wrong. Mm. <laughs> yes, right. Mm. Always blame. Mm-hmm. The bartender's yeah. always right. He's the guy with the booze. Or they are the person with the booze, I should say. <laughs> mm. Yes, yes. Thank you so much for coming. That's no problem. Thanks. Thank you so much for yeah. having me. Uh, uh, hopefully next time we can get you all in the room and I'll get you all with it. All right, the big guy's back. I'm passing it off. <laughs> Thanks yeah. for having me, guys. Bye. Yeah, bye. All right, so I assume you guys were terrible to the man. Always. So let's get back to things. I got my personal bartender. We got our Bellini. I poked him with a stick. It was great. Excellent. Yeah. All right, so we did it. Season four done. Let's let's give it a clinkers. It almost Clink. killed me. Cheers. Oh here, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna. Cheers. Cheers. Hans, that was a really good foley. Like a little dink. Thank you. Well, I have my coffee cup here from earlier, and I just chinked it with my with my uh, with my uh, pina colada. Yeah, we're talking. It was great. good. I like to I like to give credit where credit's due because God you. knows I dunk Thank on you enough. Um, yeah. Here, you want a clean foley for the rest of you? Here you go. I, I was, the anticipation there. 
Stu- uh, Trevor's got a really nice metal straw that has a nice like clink in his glass when he when he rattles it around. You want to talk about millennials and how they deserve to be executed? Fucking metal straws. I have that'll, metal straws that'll, too. That'll, that'll save. Yeah, of course you do. Yeah, this season took a long time. My laptop died midway through, uh, but we're we're out here. We're we're dealing with life changes, and we're still together. And I'm really excited to do this with you guys, listeners. If you detect a different tone in this season's rap episode, just know that we still love each other very much. But we're all fed up with um, um, the existence, shit. the world, uh, the world. Yeah. yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. You know, I think I can say that uh, one of the few things that has brought me joy over the last uh, year and a bit has been hanging out with you ding-dongs talking about a 30-year-old sketch show. Clinks, 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 clinks. What? What? What fucking year did we start this in? Like 2017? I think 2018. Yeah, but but 2018 was both yesterday and a thousand years ago. (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This this season in particular took us a year and a half and five years to record. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I noticed there was like this thing going on for a while on social media where people were doing like quote glow ups where they like mm. posted pictures of themselves as awkward yeah. teens or whatever and then like how cool and put together they look now. <laughs> I feel like a more realistic glow up now would just be like pre pandemic, post pandemic oh, yeah. kind mm-hmm. of looks for people. You know, I think we that's yeah. a good idea, Trevor. I think we should try and find for this season four wrap up when when I do the, the Twitter post, we should try and find photos of ourselves from when we started recording this season and then photos of us now. Um, because when I started this season I had an awful beard. It was a horrible beard. And I had extremely long hair because I hadn't been able to get to a hairdresser in ages. And now I look only, you know, marginally clean. <laughs> So the first one I want to get into is pick your poison. What was the thing you liked that all of these fucking ingrates didn't appreciate? Because I, I feel a couple times in this season we had yeah. somebody go in on like, oh, I loved it. It was so good. And everyone immediately got up in arms and just started yelling personal insults. Usually it's usually it's Hans. Usually it's Hans that disagrees when we like something. And I feel like Hans fills the airwaves enough that sometimes it can feel like mm-hmm. everyone hated something, but it's mostly mm-hmm. Hans. And then I, the I same, would, same with liking things, too. I would push back on that a little bit because, to me, if anyone's going to be the naysayer, it's Kalina. Kalina oh, gets okay. gets her fucking knickers in a twist and will just be like, I don't give a shit what you... You could defend this until the cows come home. It's bad, and you're bad, and I hate you. Like, she just she gets in these positions, which I... You know... I will, I will make mortal enemies over any fucking sketch. Maybe we should start with what it is that Kalina wants to defend, because what I mm-hmm. love about when Kalina does this, too, is Hans spends 10 minutes defending the thing because he needs to explain why he's right, and Kalina does not really try to do that. She's just like, no, it rules. Nope. Fuck you. She she has a certain self-possession self, uh, that I really admire and fear frankly you know what we've talked about this i think already where um it was the it was a slow burn of lopez that slowly like permeated our group (laughs) and and i think originally hans and i backed that whereas this one i know no one fucking joins me on this but the city slickers episode two that's a good looking egg uh, (laughs) the two city boys are (laughs) driving through in nature they're fighting about the the eggs that they brought they see a deer they get attacked by a bear it's just it's a it's a perfect little vignette. It won't make my favorite like sketches. Per- it's a perfect it's a perfect little vignette. The thing, the thing is like you constantly say that's a good looking egg and that's not even like a major part of the sketch. That's just something they it's say. Like, during the sketch it's not a punchline. I think Kalina keeps saying it hoping that it will become a new Lopez for us and that we'll all start saying that's a good looking egg but it's never just like oh my god shut up every single time. You know, I actually never I, I will never stop. I really like that nexus between uh, City Slickers and Lopez because it has that same energy of like we're doing it almost ironically to bother the other members except in this one nobody bought in the Kalina one so she keeps saying the egg thing and we just sort of like we don't even get mad and respond we just sort of like stare at her in silence for about three mm-hmm. beats and then just like try to continue the conversation it's <laughs> savage if you're less 
if you're listening and you're confused because mm. we said we hated Lopez when we talked about Lopez. Lopez! Four Lopez. seasons ago. We love Lopez now and we say Lopez all Lopez. the time. Just, Lopez! Three of, three of you love Lopez. Half yeah. the thing that's so great about it's a good looking egg is because it's like it's that Yogi Bear kind of like. Kalina, that doesn't make more sense. So a shitty Hannah Barker. Sense. You're like, look, guys, it. It's scientific, okay? When you use a Yogi Bear voice, <laughs> it's Yogi skits Bear. that are poorly written become better. There's going to be one other one that I, I come to bat for. Wait, hang on. Thanksgiving. It's, uh, but before we do, uh, Egg, said he oh. so cares, is Mark and who? Kevin. Kevin. They have no chemistry. They, I don't like them together. Really? Yeah, I guess like, they aren't they aren't paired too often. For good reason. I think it's because they're both too performative, honestly. I think yeah they don't they are, balance each other's yeah, energy yeah. that's a good point yeah we we've kind of described one of them as being very actorly mark and one of them being just very hammy kevin yeah but in the same way like they have a similar energy where they get very into the thing they're doing and yeah i, I, I think it's exactly that that there's like very different energies about them but they both kind of need to do their own thing like mark is best when he's doing a monologue or a character he's workshop and just like gets to do it but it's very much just like yes i stayed in the hyperbaric chamber and i practiced this a whole bunch and here's the preacher say like he kind of does these like mm. like you get to interact yeah. with him how he determines and kevin's the same way where it's like kevin's like i got four punchlines and they're real good and they're gonna be shrieky and you're gonna have to deal with that i i feel like with kevin it's like works kind of because he found dave and they both decided at some point in their life this is the funniest man i've ever met in my life and they just until until things go wrong kevin decided that dave met himself and thought he was the funniest man he's ever met in his entire life <laughs> i i don't know I, I you know when we were reading that like uh one dumb guy biography like they were talking about how famously dave and mm. kevin hit it off when they first met and another thing that they mentioned in that biography was like when uh, the Bruce and and Mark met Dave and Kevin because they were two different comedy troops. Um, Kevin singled out Mark as a guy he didn't like and wasn't funny when they first met. He was like, "That guy's not funny, <laughs> not funny." That Probably guy because they were doing not a funny theater sports, and Mark is not super good on his feet. It's not that he's not. It's just like his best bits are usually ones that he has again yeah. aggressively workshopped worked over again and, and he, he, he does yeah. really well with like props yeah, no, too. Like um, i was thinking about the uh meet paul bellini bit and how funny it is that he walks up to the tuxedo that's on the rack and just puts his head over but like that's a really good beat but you can't really interact with that if you're around him you just have to let him like do his thing i want to just point out really quickly that mm -hmm. kalina came to the defense of the good looking egg guys um by saying that they used a yogi bear voice as if yogi bear makes things funny yeah um which um it it objectively does not it it it, it, really it takes does. away from the you must yeah, be no. this hannah barbera to get the laughs kalina what was your other hard take? oh yeah yeah what was your other uh your your poison oh thanksgiving with the where mm. Kevin plays the black sheep middle-aged brother um, and he has like his, his semi-nude uh, <laughs> semi tantrum and he's like, I got I demoted can't... to seven just because I have seven fingers. I have to interrupt really quick and be, I have just been served a strawberry squashed alley cat. Oh, oh nice. Wait, nice. what is it? They want to know what's in there. Oh, just the three things that we have. Oh. <laughs> but, uh, I, did, I did use dark rum. Uh, I did use the uh, fast vanilla, so that is strawberry syrup, uh, lemon juice, and then just a tiny little bit of mezcal to give it some boof. Nice. Okay, I'm sorry to interrupt. I just, I had to have that, I had to have that moment. No, that was it. That was it. It was great. It's like, it, that was fully Kevin leaning into the chaotic energy, but in a very, like, confident way. It was great. Like, I, I will go to bat to that. I feel like no one else really loved it. Maybe it's like a bit of a sleeper hit, but we will be watching it again. Good. Goes on the goes on the mega mix. It was yeah, it was okay, uh, but definitely the the some good physical comedy from Kevin where he's like stamping around, bemoaning his fate, uh, mostly naked, stripping off clothes while like falling through the. Room. He learned the secret of nudity <laughs> from Mark. Yeah, from Mark, the the person who has no comedy. <laughs> Please don't kill yourself. Uh, but. <laughs> Please, fuck. That's such a good line. Um, between Hans and Trevor, who wants to go next? I feel like Daryl on a date where he's trying to like get an appreciation of it's Daryl. Daryl, yes. 
of Mozart. Wow, Mozart was so <laughs> shit. It was so bad. I am so... Okay. I am, I am I am so surprised because when we did this episode, Hans and Kalina both mouthed off real hard about how they didn't like it and it was bad. Well, was even not like... to belabor the point, I think Kalina and I love Daryl and we find this to be a weak Daryl and it's a weak Daryl. That's all. And but a weak Daryl is still better than the best cops. I think like this is like just about tastes then, because like you want him to go in a sillier direction. You want him to like be hallucinating about Oompa bands. I want the Oompa band, and I want him beat with sticks by children. Yes. That's what, what, what was going to be your your poison that you were going to pick. Well, you know, I'll I'll have to keep it short, you know. But uh, I think um, I think I you know the one that I was the most pumped on that I know I think you all enjoyed but were disappointed by was Chalet Two Thousand. Mm. Um, in that I loved every minute of it from start to finish and i think i think generally your impression was that it was so hyped up that that um that when you came face to face with the real thing you were like oh this like it, and it didn't have i don't know i don't know what exactly you all thought it was going to be but as from my perspective um it was just like a buddy monologue and it had the same kind of pacing of like how frequently jokes get into it uh-huh. but spread out amongst all the various characters but it was all buddy jokes so everyone gets to kind of get in on them um not all of them are as delivered as well as buddy does but uh but i just thought it starts off with a bang i loved i loved all the characters like i loved lanky dean i loved that jacques and francois got to make a reappearance i loved the I loved the beaver Castor, who's like a drunk teen beaver that Buddy's trying to set up with the queen. It's uh, it's his adopted you know. son. Yeah. Yeah, that that honestly, for what was clearly to me a Scott sketch, that that one felt a lot wackier than we've seen from Scott necessarily. Like to, to go for yeah. lanky and so I, I wonder if it's actually a little bit more collaborative than we're giving it credit for. I don't know, because you also have to remember that he did, like, Liza's party, and, like, I mean, Lanky Dean feels like it's in the world that Scott pays attention to of tabloids yes. and things like that. You it, know that's, I mean? that's whimsical in a way that we have not really seen with Scott. Oh, this entire episode sketch, which is also, like, I mean, the first time we've encountered that, really, in this show so far, Sausages was a long sketch, but this was, like, the first full episode sketch, and may, might be the only full episode sketch. Um they also had the best uh, guest stars that weren't kids in um, yes. in Rebel Rebel and Sinbad. Yes, um, just the 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 hunky uh, man servants uh, that wear like furry furry like tidy whities and then uh, chainmail vests. There's I think. been a few um, things yeah, this three. season where Scott's just... and Rip Taylor at the end just shows up and <laughs> and throws a mackerel at people and says like, "Holy mackerel!" and it's like so bad, but it's so good. I think you hit the nail on the head where it was like it is still actually very good, but it's just it's so hype that I think our expectations were too high. Well, when you devote an entire episode to one sketch, it's like. I think you expect it to be like the most amazing thing you've ever well, seen. Well, you really put a, yeah, um, you put a cross hair on yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and I agree that it was. And you all had, you know, high. You all had higher expectations to be disappointed. I came in just being like, "It's like this," and it was that, and I loved it. First. Well, Stu, what what are you gonna defend? This sucks because the Chalet Two Thousand was such a good conversation, but just to kind of like put it on a piddly little note. Much like how I finish all my sexual encounters. <laughs> Dear guy I clotheslined, I thought was really funny and you guys didn't like. There was something about that. Like, we don't see a lot of Dave monologues. And he does this almost identically to how Bruce sets up his monologues. Where it's in the same room mm-hmm. with the uh, uh, oriental carpet. Like the rug. What do you call it? The, the Persian rug. Yeah. Uh, and the big chair. And he... I just, like, I feel like his smarminess and his sense of, like ironic detachment works so perfectly with us like dear guy i close light mm-hmm. I, I i just adore it but i remember you guys being very not into the premise i i i barely remember it now and so yes i believe <laughs> <laughs> what was what was the what was the gist of him saying he like he clotheslines this this bicyclist um for no reason. And it was clearly like intentional. Like he was like, I don't know why I did that. I just did it. And, and uh, you know, shouldn't have done it. I'm sorry. Dear guy, thing. I clotheslined as you went by on your bicycle. You don't know me, but I'm the guy who broke your collar. And it's like, and, oh, this is the part that I like. It's like in, in all fairness, it was pretty funny. 
I mean, the last thing you'd expect <laughs> yeah. was you were riding merrily on your bike is that someone you didn't know at all would just stick out his arm and crush your throat. I mean, you should have seen it. It was like, wham! <laughs> and he's just like, he lets this joy out that you don't see anyway. Uh, and that's, in closing, as you lay there convalescing in your hospital bed, I'm forced to wonder, what were you doing riding your bike on the sideway anyway? Huh? Yeah, asshole. Sidewalk. Well, I'm glad that you enjoyed that. Story. You know, just your description of this, I'm like, oh, yeah. Dave was asking for a minor fall from grace in the next five to ten years. Maybe sometimes we bring heartache upon ourselves. <laughs> Signed, the guy that collapsed your trachea. Wait, that was like, Dave? I thought it was a Bruce. No, it was a Dave. It, it's, it's, a, it's a Dave a la Bruce mm, skit. Right, right, right. That is his vibe, yeah. Yeah. But whereas Bruce always has that kind of like down on his luck, you know, uh, aw shucks, you know, you're rooting for the underdog guy. Dave is like, I use my power to hurt weak people. Like that's that's the vibe. What an Dave asshole! What an well, asshole! But I but I think that's so funny. I think that's so funny. It's like I wrote this. Mm-hmm. How's the weather in the hospital? Sure is nice outside. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Remind me to never ride my bike near you ever again, Stu. Perhaps I watched too much slapstick as a kid and expected to get up after being violently assaulted. Imagine my confusion when you did not. <laughs> but not so confused that I'd actually hang around. <laughs> that's, that's such a particular mindset and character. And I just mm-hmm. like the delivery was so funny. And I think, like, I don't think the material is the best I've ever heard, but it worked so well with Dave's like general season one ironic detachment shittiness where he's like, huh, wow criminally underage too like there's something about that that just really worked for me but i remember you guys fucking hating it yeah yeah it just doesn't there's not enough there there i feel like you know and like and like we said it's dave trying to do a bruce bit but bruce bits bruce does bruce bits better than who do you think could do a bruce bit as good or better than a bruce though jim carrey but only if he's done ayahuasca beforehand Yeah, I don't know. Jim would be too much, I think. I think Scott could do it. It would require Scott to do some, like, emotional vulnerability, though, um, <laughs> which would be... That would be the real challenge, you know? Yeah. He'd have to, like... He'd have Scott to be have to himself be, and yeah. not, like, a character that he's putting on um, that bitch. is, like, an aspect... Just, like, push the smart deep <laughs> down within yourself and seal it away there, Scott. Like, of all of them, mm-hmm. like, Scott, I'm sure, has, like, the most, like, you know... Uh, traumatic experience to draw upon to do like a vulnerable Bruce bit sort of thing. And when I say vulnerable Bruce, bit, I mean, it's still like funny, but it's like, it's tapping into, you know, an, an in, innate humanity. And I feel like Scott would, could do that if he could let his guard down for like just a moment, which is a big ass. Innate humanity sounds like an alternate universe, David Foster Wallace book that mm. insufferable people would read and be like, I am also intelligent. Anyway, on that note, let's do uh, lightning round best picks of the season. Talk to me. Okay, okay. Here's here's my rundown. Uh, in no particular order, uh, meeting of the Ontario Dental Association, otherwise oh, yeah. known as Salt don't in the Eye. Salt in your eye. I think this is going to be on all of our lists. We say don't put salt in your eye constantly to each yep. other. This is like a Lopez that's actually yes. fun. You know, this <laughs> is just a part of our life now. It's the the sketch is actually funny. Don't put salt in your don't put salt in your don't put salt put salt in your yeah. eye. This this like uh, goes on to my my theory that there is just like an underlying layer of salt throughout almost every season that just brings it all together. We have unified Bruce theory, but this is unified salt theory. Mm. And again, convinces salt me pan. even more and more that we somehow need to get some sort of stylized salt shaker <laughs> as a group tattoo Ooh. very soon. Oh. We're going to. I, I also, I need to. No, it's got to be a salty. I need to bring sure, up yeah. again, like one of the, maybe the fifth time I met Kalina, we were at Trevor's bachelor party in Seattle and I had some sort of, like, I was extremely hungover because of reasons. Don't at me, Scott. Uh, but for some reason, the inflammation got into my ear and it like melded with some wax that I had in there. So I was deaf in one ear and I was very hungover and then immediately drunk again. And I was like, Kalina, you have to pour hydrogen peroxide into my ear. I can't do it I myself. I feel like there was a moment where I looked around being like, is there no one else here? And I was like, <laughs> no, no one else be- that can do this. I trust you. And she was trying to weasel out of it with her little rat hands, but she couldn't do it. And so she's hovering over me with her hands shaking. And she's like, don't put salt in your eye. Don't put salt <laughs> in your eye. And then immediately, you immediately got it into my eye. <laughs> I sure did. I sure did. <laughs> 
All right. Sorry, Trevor. What's number two? Number two? Uh, number two in the list. No particular order to this, but sausages. Uh, it's not that it's particularly oh, no funny. Way. It's just when I close my eyes, I see it sometimes. <laughs> you have those real <laughs> East Berlin vibes. Just like shaky old man Scott, like, putting the gross sausage. I... I love the way you describe that because I, in my head, I hear Hans talking like old man Scotch, but <laughs> I woke up at my parents' house over Christmas, which was, you know, stressful unto itself, and I was kind of in a daze because I didn't know where I was, and I, I heard Hans in my head go, <laughs> and it, it made everything both better and worse, which is the Hans way. Number three. Okay. Num- number three, traveling br- blade sharpener. Uh, I feel like I like this maybe the most of us, so might not be on everyone else's list, but just this axe murderer character's back again, and he deals with this, like, blade sharpener who just cannot stand any second of dealing with his fucking yuppie. And that that one that one is one of the better Dave sketches in the entire series, I think. Trevor, can I ask, like, are these your top sketches in order? No. Oh, okay, good. I was like, you have Traveling Blade Sharpener as your third best sketch of the whole season. Okay, good. Oh, no, no. I mean, we're working up to number one, though. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so number four, though, I- I'm saying uh, Fran doesn't like salsa. Um, the-, the times are changing, okay. I think, is the name of the sketch. But just Fran complaining about food. And for some reason, this one had a truth that, like, ringed through the cosmos for me. That... Scott was just dragging all of our aunties and moms and grandmas, and it was it was it was good. It was good. Um, mm-hmm. But number five, I think this is going to be on everyone's list. Uh, it's number one in my heart. Uh, Chad's thirteenth birthday. Uh, yeah. I don't think I don't think that our podcast would exist if it were not for this sketch. This is the yeah. one about seeing your dad getting pathetically drunk. Yes. Le- lightning round. Say your favorite moment. The first one that comes to mind from that sketch. Kalina. Broke my hand on a pineapple. Didn't even care. Hans. A Mr. Bus Driver. Trevor. $10 is $10. $20. It's bucks, but I'll let it slide. Yeah, it's, it's bucks. It is bucks, yes. Sorry. That one is incredible. It's so fucking weird. Yeah, it's a, it's a top one. Do you have anything else to say about that treasure? No, it's, it's a perfect sketch. It's about the moment that the scales are lifted from your eyes and you see an authority figure for who they truly are. Alrighty. Uh, Hansi boy or Kalina? Who let's go next? Kalina, you take it away. Go ahead, Hans. Go no, ahead, you Hans. take it away. I told you first. You can't outpolite me, Canadian. <laughs> Wiener kids. All right. Okay. These are in order. These are okay. in order. Okay. It's obviously, it's obviously Chad's, Chad's 13th birthday. Obviously the best fucking one. Mm-hmm. My British partner, even like who, who has varying opinions about kids in the hall is like, this is the best ba- sketch. Barely tolerates it being one of them. He, this is the best <laughs> sketch. You know, I, I feel like I've got the, you know, it's not only the colony, but the empire's backing on this, so it's good. Uh, you know, there's, like, very little that, like, about entering manhood by watching your dad get pathetically drunk that it, like, somehow isn't universal in British culture. There's you also know? that timing of, like, it's time for you to watch your dad get pathetically drunk on this rock and, like, cracks the whiskey and then just goes <laughs> for it for, like, two yeah. full just, swallows. Like, and not only is it, like, the, like, the reference throwback to Arumba, then you also get like a Beverly Hillbillies like comment. It's it's so good, and the fact that he I want to peruse your report card. I don't have it. I want to send. <laughs> I, I want to peruse. And like his like just... his weird like twitchy stumbles. Yeah, and he's like, so when you make a fire. <laughs> I'm too drunk to drive. Leave me it's here. So Leave me here. Leave me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm seeing uh, Stu is getting delivered potentially another cocktail. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh boy! Well, it's still it's still in progress. But... I oh. like just the hand of God appears from behind me. Wait, so okay, so after Chad's 13th birthday, where there, where do you go next, Clean? Office executive Bruce. Oh, work pig Bruce, yeah. Where he work pig Bruce, where he pulls his own hard art, hard oh, out yeah. and yells at it to work harder. It's it's so good. Come on, you bastard. <laughs> Shocking it with the executive thumper 2000. And pours the coffee on it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. 
and like jumping on the ceiling, chewing like the the pencil into yeah. into a sharp point. Have you so have good. you shifted away from being a Kevin Stan to a, a Bruce fan? You know what's funny? So let me let me finish this list. Let me let me finish this list and come back to you. So then, third. Gavin finds religion. Oh, the evangelist. Wow. Oh, that one that, is good. I know. I know. We talked about this. That's not all of board. you thought that that was the best Gavin sketch, but it's it's my favorite by far. Not only do you have whoa, yeah, my favorite Gavin sketch. It's it's like you you get four of them in in the sketch. Kevin being the drunk dad, which we always love. Gavin is just he completely foils to religious men i don't know i don't know I, what you else say you it's want. the best gavin sketch but yet you specifically say onions is all i eat all the time you know bibles is all i bibles eat is all and I then eat. okay and then number four number four is never put sure, salt in your sure. eye i'm surprised you didn't see this higher though yeah likewise likewise <laughs> i know you say it a lot and part of what i love so much about put salt in, like never put salt in your eye is just like also, all those Easter eggs you have with Danny Husk in the charts. Oh, yeah. I, I'm actually surprised we haven't mentioned this now. Where it's like, yeah, the third one is like way too small. And the first one is like upside down. And he's like, you can look at it this way or this way. As you can see, sales in February went up or down, depending on which chart is correct. I apologize again for the printing error. Yeah. My fifth favorite is Can You Dig It? Yeah, that's wait. So that's your you most favorite or fifth favorite? Fifth favorite. Can you dig yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, it is a great sketch. Yeah. And just especially that part where he starts with the strobe lights and he's kind of like mm -hmm. squinting, <laughs> and he's not quite getting it. It's it's fucking perfect. <laughs> and I realize again as I made this list, four out of the five are Bruce sketches. Oh. I, I'm really. You, you've shifted allegiances. I, know. I think and, and she's yeah. become a dirty art kid. Oh, and nearly made it. My honorable mention on this is King of Empty Promises. Which oh okay okay yeah. do. I, we have said we have used that one probably more than any other React though yeah like we, we send that GIF weekly that's just because we keep asking you to do things and you keep giving us empty promises in return that's because I don't care about you Hans I have seven I have seven <laughs> other on my long list but I feel like I need other people to do their faves and we can come back to that I I will throw down some rapid style that we can come back to clean ones um yeah. all right. Out of body experience with the turkey neck. I thought that was fucking funny as hell. I liked that it had. I, I thought that it had some like really crazy mom vibes between. Uh, I think it's Dave as a mom and Bruce as a mom. I loved that. I thought it was super weird. I thought the concept was weird, and I really liked the like. You think you think you're too big to take the neck from the old man? And it was just like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck are you fighting about? Um, oh, these are so dusty. I see. I feel like I'm the. <laughs> I feel like I'm the opposite of Hans and Kalina, where like. I will eat the garbage that I like until I die, and it will kill me. Whereas you guys are like, yeah, I like a Daryl. That's why I want them to like elevate their Daryl experience every time. Like, I love Pit of Ultimate Darkness. I didn't think we had the best ones this season, but I'm still putting it on my top of the season because I fucking love... I think Simon and Hecubus are hilarious. Uh, I would go for probably multiple personalities, even though it's kind of lame. But I, I like the punchline of like, no, this is just Dave, I'm fucking with you. Like... Watching watching Dave do tough guy like construction worker accent was very funny to me, and I just like I love the concept of Pit of Ultimate Darkness. I think Kevin is so good in it. I think yeah. he plays off of Dave really really well. I like Hecubus a lot as a character just in general. I think that the employee employer switcher is also pretty good. Although I think probably multiple personalities is a little bit more like concise. I just anytime it comes up, I think it's going to be one of the highlights of the season, even if it's bad. You know what I mean? Like, or mm -hmm. not that. Like, even if it's not one of the best of that particular uh, sketch category, still very good. I also love meeting of the Ontario Dental Associations for reasons that are personal to me, i.e. Kalina put salt in my eye. I think that's very funny. Uh, I also... Ugh, one of the moments that always stands out to me, like, there's so many good little beats in it. It feels like a little experimental about, like, the dumb, almost Terry Gilliam-esque prop humor of the charts being wrong and but like not really being a focal point for the laughs mm. i think that's very funny but i always think of the, like he looks up kevin's on the floor rubbing his eyes he goes i'm killing my eyes danny <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> like every time i feel sorry for myself i, I imagine myself on the floor being like i'm killing my eyes stewie <laughs> <laughs> all right sex girl patrol it's not the funniest thing i've ever seen it's not oh, yeah. the funniest kith bit but i'm like to me this is 
indispensable. This is essential to the kiss experience. Like, iconic. It's iconic. iconic. I, I I feel like you have to. Again, it's it's not the most laughs per minute LPMs, but it's you can't avoid it. It's so good. The one the one I the mm-hmm. one thing that keeps coming back in my mind of she's like this is a very sexist film. He's like yes, very sexist. Extremely <laughs> yes, sexist. Yes. Like it's extremely sexist. Yeah, it, it has some like really um, funny bits to it. Even just like. I love how salty. I love the meta commentary about how Scott was so salty that it was his bit, but he didn't get to be a sexy girl. Yes, yeah. And it was yeah. just like this fucking sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think his his portrayal <laughs> as the like sexy, obviously closeted priest is very funny. Also, also a sex boy, just oh, yes. as a so... writhing ball of horniness. As a writhing, his his pure sexual horniness is the fuel for the sex girl patrol. Touch, yeah. sex boy, love. Sex boy. <laughs> that one's good. I love the like time for the sex stare. Be like the eye lasers is very funny to yeah. me. Uh, talking about things that has entered our popular lexicon, when Dave picks like they get the ransom note and they're all laying in negligees in the bed, and he's like, I've gotten a ransom note. We shouldn't. And he's like, licks his lips, like, but we must. I say, <laughs> yes. but we must, thinking about that. But we must. But we must. Yes. That's a good one. I think about that, like, at least once a week. Maybe every two weeks on a bad, on a bad time. Um, and the last one. Those are the weeks we don't talk those about. Those are the weeks we don't talk So weeks you guys don't hear from me because I'm in the masturbatorium. Uh, and the last one is. <laughs> but we must. Gavin with the missionaries <laughs> is really good. I think that is one of the stronger Gavins. I think Gavin is one of their better bits that they do. Uh, and Mark is so good as one of the missionaries, and it's like Mark and Dave, and they do the button-down, I think, quite well. It's hard, again, I know that Hans is, is giving me some guff, because I can look into his devious little eyes right now, but it's it's because you love this bit so much, and so you're like, it's not the absolute best, which I would probably think that yours is the butcher, or the chair painter, um, for Gavin bits, but like I, I still think they're very good. Yeah, I mean, uh, not that this is the topic here, but I think I, th- I think in my mind the top is like either the chair painting OG or the um, the one where he's got the babysitter and he keeps imagining like the two of them um, sharing weird anecdotes together and stuff and like getting and like super gluing their lips together, um, and then butcher and then missionaries probably. But oh, and then there's funeral in there too. I'd, I think I might even put funeral above the missionaries but the funeral is really good because we get to have rockabilly kevin which i always that's where we meet the the rockabilly kevin drunk dad uh yeah oh that's another rockabilly kevin that we so well he he makes a few appearances i'm not sure if we did this on recording or if this was behind the scenes but we do have a feeling that like kevin oh yeah we talked about this during one of the episodes. motivation is is a rock like like when he sees himself as a confident happy man he sees himself as a rockabilly which is rockabilly yeah we have to can you please spam kevin mcdonald's twitter with links to guitar wolf because i feel like that would have a lot of there's a rockabilly japanese noise band called guitar wolf that only dresses in leather jackets and pompadours and i'm like i feel like yeah, sure. kevin could get some energy from that okay they have a zombie yes. movie from the 90s called wild zero and it's great nice. they play themselves nice. in it yeah i've seen it so many times <laughs> awesome. their motorcycles shoot yeah. fire <laughs> they also like throw picks at nice. the zombies and stuff to kill them yeah nice. it's good i saw them play at the cobalt and they yeah. knocked a kid's tooth out and then made him play guitar it was incredible <laughs> kalina do you want to go back for your consolation picks do i not get to give my pick no none for hans oh and none for gretchen wieners what are your what are your picks Hansy boy uh okay well my picks i in in order I'll, I'll do my top five from bottom up so um it's a close call between like work pig uh and serpico for number five if uh serpico for those that since it hasn't been mentioned yet is the one where kevin responds to a a break and enter call like an hour and a half late and just shows up and he's like oink oink the pig is here watch greasy greasy bacon coming through and he's just an awful cop the whole time and he he's like you want to bribe me (laughs) that's right we're all corrupt corrupt you can bribe me for anything and then he shoots the guy who called him and is like oh whoops gotta frame the wife another innocent woman for the gas chamber (laughs) and so it's just like anyway it felt very relevant and so i give it my number five his delivery is that one held up real good 
Um, anyways, so that that felt very relevant, and I loved it uh, for that. Then I get Sex Girl Patrol, uh, which is also, I, you know, it's just an iconic Kith sketch, obviously. One line that you didn't mention, uh, Stu, that I also love is when he's describing the intro to the plot of the movie to the interviewer, and he says, So, you know, the High Council of Pure Love, you know, in space... They call for the sex commandos. Uh, and I just love the idea of like, of course, the high council of pure love is in space, yeah. obviously. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it has to be. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Obviously. Well, the, if, if it's going to be pure, it has to be in space. Um, exactly. Then I give it, then my number three pick goes to Chalet 2000 for all the reasons I've already mentioned. Um, another iconic sketch. You can only see it once maybe, but it's definitely worth seeing that once. Um then it's like a toss up obviously between the other two favorites we've all had and i'm going to i'm going to give chad's 13th birthday party the second slot despite all of its great lines just because salt in your eye is such a perfect sketch like salt in your eye just gets a pure 5 out of 5 for me i have no notes it's perfect from start to finish oh, yeah. i there's nothing i don't love about it no notes and you know how That's much it. i love giving notes to the kids 30 years no later notes. about how they could do comedy better <laughs> I have no notes for this one. It's perfect. I particularly love it because my, my dad's a dentist. It's like probably my favorite sketch of all the kids in the hall ever. Daddy! I think. Whoa. I, I would okay. be hard-pressed to think of a, a one that I like more. Yeah. And honestly, these two. These two are like in my top two probably. Oh, yeah. No. Like I, I'm pretty sure Chad's 13th birthday is going to be potentially my favorite for the whole series. I would be confident once we're done with everything that Chad's 13th birthday party if it's not number one, it's in the top three. Oh, totally. Kalina, you want to give your honorable mentions? You want to oh put okay. a bow on this puppy? Yeah, so some of these were okay. in your guys' list already, but it was Scott's Distraction Hair. Oh, which is that great. is one that I went to bat for that nobody else loved, but for some reason just tickles me. Boop. It's very good. It's very good. Sex Drill Patrol is on that list. Progress and Food, where Fran is sort of like learning about salsa and peanut sauce and meals and a pill. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it was very good. Times are a changing. Yes. Uh, tr try it now. Fucking great. Try I, good. That, that has been like part of my childhood. My dad constantly quotes <laughs> it. It's fantastic. Um, answering Machine. This is Jack Nicholson. <laughs> oh, that's oh, yeah, where, a... where the couple are trying to repair. Yeah. Wait, was um, that this season? Oh, that yeah. was a great one. Yeah. I know. It was very good. Um, and I know I, this should have come up in my like everyone hates it segment, but no chocolate diet. That's also like oh, right. been part of uh, my like childhood we... repertoire for <sighs> ages. I think it's just like, it's so universal. Like everyone <laughs> is just like completely fucked when it comes to dealing with your weight. And you know, that feeling where you're like, Oh geez, like shouldn't have bought this, but it's just like, he takes it to the extreme. It's like, he's pouring Clorox <sighs> on it, throwing it into the woods and like biting off a coyote for it. It's just like, mm -hmm. I feel you. Can man. I do feel meta you. commentary? Wait, one more, and then Gezbo video selling clown from oh, yeah. right. final final yeah. episode. And that's it. Gezbo yeah. fucking rules. So good. Final, yeah. yeah. Uh, Gezbo's good too. I I like uh, so Kalina went to bat for no chocolate diet really hard when we watched it, and we were the other boys were like we we tried not to dunk on you immediately, but I... it it didn't tickle us in the same way. Mm. But having said that, thinking of this as Dave being unnecessarily cruel to his writing partner, who we know struggled with his weight specifically mm. with sweets, I think is very funny. Mm -hmm. But that might be because I'm a sociopath. Yeah, it Ew. is. You liked the clothesline guy. Yeah. I thought clothesline guy was fucking hilarious. Yeah, because you're, <laughs> you're a sociopath. We, we've established this. I'm doing my best. I'm a polite nihilist, all right? Can I, can I throw in a couple of honorable mentions please, we haven't please. talked about yet on the top of Queen's list? So, number one, uh, Tammy video, Ain't Gonna mm -hmm. Spread mm -hmm. For No Roses. Trevor has been saying, Ain't Gonna Spread For No Roses, <laughs> very consistently over the last year. <laughs> it's true. Ain't Gonna Spread For no. no Roses. And also, do you guys remember My Art, the one where, like, Kevin is lent art by Bruce and is just so, so fraught that like his art is gone and he's like wearing this pirate shirt and he's like so upset and like kevin is like trying to impress a date with the art and keeps on going back for it and i think he's trying to impress his like ex-girlfriend yeah, it's his like ex-girlfriend like, yeah. yeah yeah i love that one and i i actually am particularly delighted by how you phrased it in our notes for my art exclamation mark because it occurs to me that it's very similar to my pan it's just being being possessive over something kind of arbitrary, but just with different spheres of existence. Like if you're at the bottom, 
you get worked up about your bank pen. It's always... But if you're that version of that man several spheres up... It's always... You know, Kevin is always the counterpoint in these two. Kevin draws out an energy in Bruce that allows... Oh, he does! With the ear! That's a good point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to give He's out anti- one of my honorable mentions, if I could, to a cold open, um, which... Uh, None of us have talked about yet, which is the shut up judge. Do you, do any of you remember this sketch from the season? Yes. Where I'm surprised that you liked it so much. I loved it for a number of reasons, but it's the one where Dave is defending Kevin as the like for murder, and he's like talking to the jury, and he's like, "You have to, you have to find that he, beyond any doubt, like did this. That all of the evidence that they did like was was true and stuff like that." And then just as he's finishing up his compelling audience, and the jury's like going along with it. Uh, Kevin, as the defendant, just says, ah, what the hell? I did it. <laughs> and, and the judge is like, oh, uh, well, this has been a huge waste of time. We could just cl- call this trial now. And Dave's like, shut up, judge. No, I had them. I had them. Didn't I have you? And the I jury's all like, yeah, you did. Yeah, you had us. And then and then the judge, uh, played by Mark, reacts so violently to being told to shut up that he just starts like flinging himself repeatedly into the wall. And, and and like Kevin, meanwhile, is going up to the jury and miming how he stabbed the victim. And Dave's just like distraught. Yeah. Anyways, it was as a cold open sketch. It was like phenomenal. It was one of the best cold open sketches. Hans, that is an excellent point to bring up because now that I'm thinking, I've totally forgotten about that. But now that I'm thinking about it, it has really good uh, Kevin and Dave rapport. Yep. It has good Mark reacts. A separate conversation that I want to have just to keep clean up to be vexing. But like... Mark is a good actor, but I've noticed that sometimes his reaction, like when they cut to him for a reaction shot, they're often like bizarre in a way that I don't understand. I just rewatched the Sizzler sister sketch. And so he's doing a uh, news anchor, right? So he's mm. reading the news. And he's like, two people have escaped. Two clearly insane people have escaped. They have robbed a wig store and have stolen two donkeys. And he goes, I wonder if these two are connected. And he looks to the camera and goes, <laughs> And it's like, it's kind of, like, it's funny, but I don't get what he's supposed to convey. That I'm like, like, why would a news anchor ever do that? Similarly, when they're like, they do that bit about um, cool substitute teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. He's like doing you know heroin what I'm talking about? I think so. The heroin one? Yeah, okay, yeah. He's, he's trying to cut down on yeah. the amount of times he tries heroin per day. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I couldn't have sex but with it, anyone it, older uh, younger than 17, unless they were a very mature oh no. 16 or something like that. And it's like, it's, yeah. Uh, but it cuts to Mark again, and they're like, oh, yeah, I think he's making allusions to like, oh, somebody's always gay in one of the classes. Right. And they all look at, like, they all turn and look at Mark, and he just goes like, Mark. And Mark's like, yeah. <laughs> But, like, it doesn't read as a reaction that makes any sense yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, he goes cross-eyed and shakes. And I'm like, I get that it's funny because that's not what humans usually do. But it doesn't make sense in the context of the skit. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. I get it. And I, I, I feel like... Sometimes he just likes to do a weird mug and they just went with it, whatever well, he went that's, with. Well, and that's one of the things time. I liked about I, I, that I cold open and shut up, or that, that shut up yeah. judge is because he does react in that same kind of over-the-top way, but, like, the sketch construction allows for it and it makes it work better, you know? See, but I like it less because I feel like Mark does, like, Mark has workshopped what are funny things I can do with my body, but they don't necessarily work in what the other actors are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't necessarily play off other people. He's just sort of like, ah, yes, observe. But that's where that's where I say it. I think it works for this cold open because it, it ends up just being... The, the, the sketch devolves into chaos with Mark just, like, throwing himself at the wall and Kevin stabbing people and, and Dave just being like, ah, and then it's like, and roll credits, you know? It, like, it, it lends itself well to that. Sorry, yeah. it's, it's not roll credits. Boom. Whatever. Roll, Boom. intro, Boom. whatever. Salty men in a oh, salty no. planet. I, I, was, I, wasn't, I wasn't trying to put you down on that one. I was just like, because I think that the theme song is so fucking iconic and, it, like, it brings me back emotionally as soon as I hear that. Because sometimes they have shitty skits to, to start out the episode mm-hmm. and then i hear that theme song and i'm like i'm back in i'm back in baby all right boners let's all say what we appreciate about each other <laughs> and good night and good luck oh wait hold on can can we do a very quick rapid fire like who's our favorite kid of this season it's like super quick i'm just yeah, curious yes, to know yeah. i'm just curious yeah it's bruce for me it's bruce for me He's i know back. that's why yeah. i wanted to get this going 
I'm going to go the opposite direction and say, uh, because I've been shitting on Kevin a lot over the last couple of seasons, I think I'm going to give it to Kevin this season because I just was looking, as I look at my top like list of the whole season, Salt in Your Eyes, number one, which is like, a Kevin, uh, you know, 100%. Sex Girl Patrol, where he's sex boy and is hilarious. Uh, Shut Up Judge and Serpico, which are both like him, uh, like, and him in particular in Serpico. You know, like, uh, yeah, he was, he was, and uh, there's a lot of other like not, like top, top notch sketches, but there were a number of sketches this season where Kevin embraced a more confident version of Kevin that, you know, I know Stu and I have remarked on a couple times and I, and I liked that, you know, so way to go, Kevin. He doesn't really strike, strike out this season. So no, exactly. He doesn't have any like, Ooh, that really made me uncomfortable (laughs) sketches, you know, he's never going to, (laughs) uh, I, I am surprised by how much our troop has embraced sex boy because when I saw it, I was so violently opposed it's to pure it. Pure sexual horniness. But it, it is a really funny bit that he <laughs> like he he takes he takes it on the chin like when he's tied up in the in the thing and he's just like what he's could just I like do with one little hand. <laughs> <laughs> but like who else could who else could do that no it, it has to be kevin it was so fucking it has funny. to be kevin and he does him, a really good job eating to let like have one hand untied <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like what could i do with one hand all right who, who Stu? who's your who's your standout for the season i honestly don't have any fucking heroes this season i feel like this is one of the things i actually really like about this for a season in general is it feels like a more ensemble approach Whereas in some of the earlier seasons, especially season one, you have, like, Dave has kind of hit his stride immediately. He hits the ground running. Uh, no, Dave, Dave Bruce, hit his stride in season two. Season one was, like, the season we, of Mark. We think so, but he came out there with, like, the confidence in season mm-hmm. one. Like, mm-hmm. he's writing his... We had we had the chips on our shoulders yeah. because of we, his success. That's we did, but I, I think, like, when he hit the ground running in season one of the show, he was probably, certainly, the fan favorite and like mm-hmm. knew that too and i think it comes across in some of his writing same with mark where like mark it, it had a lot mark, of yeah mark had a lot of clout bruce still makes great scenes but he's kind of doing that more underdog mm-hmm. uh position where it's like well i guess i'll get one in and no one's gonna like it because i'm just like some shit from calgary or whatever and you're all gonna judge me Whereas when we get to these later seasons, it feels like it's a lot more smooth across the bar. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin gets some really good acting bits. Like, he seems to be trusting himself a little bit more. Dave has kind of checked out a little bit, so he's not trying so hard. Uh, Bruce is leaning into his experiment stuff. Mark has stopped doing monologues as other races. <laughs> yes, true. Yes, Scott's been Scott's been pretty like stable throughout, I would say. Mm. Um, although he did have a, a, I think a high point around like season three or so, where where he was really season two or season three, he had a really strong season at one point. I know for sure. But S- Scott's kind of hard to talk about because in the context of this time frame, he's such an outlier. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. people would just be like, "Oh, it's the gay guy," yeah, which sucks because he's also he's very funny, and I know he contributed to the other writing. Yeah. during this time. But, like, it's really hard to divorce those two uh, facts of the time where it's, like, he he had to deal with a lot of visibility issues, shall we say. Yes, yes, yes. You know, it's kind of unfair, too, because, like, he has great humor that is not about his identity as well. Like, even if you remove the queerness from, like, his identity, he's still a great comedian. Well, like, all of his Danny Husk bits, right? Like, they're all generally pretty good. Or even how they met him, where it was like, yeah, he came to one of our shows and threw donuts at us until we paid attention to him. Which I'm like, Stu, well, that, that's after... an extremely stu thing to do. Oh, I think I'm a little bit pay nicer attention. than that. But also, do pay attention to me or I'll die. It's, it's very true. Well, Trevor, who's your standout yeah. this season? I'm taking a look at my list, and I sort of agree with Stu that it's not like there's someone that's a clear standout for me. I, I'm still going to give it to Bruce just because he's generally Bruce, my yo. standout. But yeah, like they're all pretty strong, except mm-hmm. one thing I'm noticing taking a look at what we talked about a lot here is this might be the season of Mark receding a little bit. Yes. Oh. Because, you know, he is such a 
huge, huge part of the show in the first couple of seasons. Like, he's the head crusher guy. He's chicken mm, lady. Yeah. Um, we're not seeing as much Mark in this mm, season. That's what I'm not. noticing. As, oh, sorry. And what we do see is much more background. Mm. Yeah. Where he's definitely like he he's not getting as many new characters. This is true. Like, I think he's still, che- I think he's checking out a little bit, honestly, at we, this point. We still get like Daryl, the Daryl that you guys didn't like. Uh, yeah, but not still, if you liked it. Yeah, subpar yeah, uh, Daryl. Come on. We're still getting Chicken Lady, but it's not new anymore, and it's uh, you know the lesser versions of those things. Yeah, he may be running out of gas. He he did do Sex Girl Patrol though. That's true. That was a good swing for the fences. Yeah, that's like that's like yeah. a home run hitter who 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 isn't doesn't step up to the plate a whole lot maybe, but when he does, he's belting them. Yeah, he's got those big Hansi boy muscles. The- <laughs> All right, thank you for joining us for season four of Kith and Tell. Ooh. We will be back at some point. I have to go. Uh, God, recover things from my hard drive. Find a functional computer again. Uh, uh, I have to go avoid being murdered by all of my friends and or enemies. Go record at the Vancouver Public Library in their wonderful recording studio. Take advantage of public services. This has been Kith and Tell. (laughs) We will see you at some point for season five. We love you. Thanks for being out there. We're proud of you. Let's all say goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you.